All right, we'll do start from the Mishnah again. Membeis Amud Aleph, right in the middle of the Amud Zok. The Mishnah Kabbalah. Yisrael Miad Beno Miad Baila. A woman can take the lulav from her son and from or from her husband. and put, return it to the water that it was in to keep it fresh. B'Shabbos on Shabbos. So let's dissect this. There's two different things going on here. First of all, the fact that she's even able to take it, as the Gemara is going to point out, maybe I would think that she, it should be mukta. It should be mukta for her because she has no mitzvah of lulav. Only a man has a mitzvah of lulav. She does not. So therefore, since it's Shabbos and she has no mitzvah to take a lulav, the lulav should be mukta for her. So Kamash Malan, Mishnah is saying, no, it's not mukta for her. She is allowed to take it from her husband. That's step number one of the Mishnah. Then step number two is she can return it to the water from which it came uh, to keep it fresh. It's not a problem of, uh, you know, putting plants into water on Shabbos, whatever. You just could put it back into the same water um, that it came from. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, and on Shabbos you can return it to the original water, like we just said. On Yontif, when it's not Shabbos. <coughs> so then, um, um, and you can add fresh water into the water from before. Okay, so you have your water from before. If it's Yontif, as long as it's not Shabbos. Shabbos, you cannot add more water. But if it's Yontif, not Shabbos, then you could be Mosif, add new <coughs> fresh water into the bowl of pot, whatever. Ubemoid on Cholomoid, so it's not Shabbos and it's not Yontif. But it's Cholomoid, so then Machlifen, so then you should switch the water. Um, as Rashi says, it's not just saying that you're allowed to switch it, Rashi actually says, the way Machlif and last Rashi on the Mishnah, B'chol Shalmoid Mitzvah Lachlif. It's actually good to switch the water. I guess it makes it fresher. Instead of using the old water, you totally um, get rid of the old water and put in fresh water. Then the Mishnah ends off. Katan Hayodelin Anea Chayev Lulav. A katan that knows how to shake a lulav, he is Chayev and Lulav. Even though he's not a Bas Shiyuva yet, he's not 13 years old yet, but as soon as he's old enough to know how to shake a lulav, um, he, then he's chayv Pshita. We understand. You know, we already spoke this out on the Mishnah about Pshita. Of course, why should I think that a woman should not be able to take a lulav from her husband or from her son? Why would I think it's muktza? So says, I would have said, He, since she is not a baschi, if she has no mitzvah of lulav, because mitzvah I would think she cannot take it because it should be mukta for her. Kamash Malan, Mishnah is telling you, no, it's not, <coughs> it's not mukta for her. She's allowed to take it. As Rashi says, Kevin the right, Linatilas Anoshim, since it's right for the men to take it, Taras Kli, Allah, it's considered a Kli, and therefore Mutter Betiltu Lakol, it's not mukta for anyone, basically. And yeah, we were all wondering. I said she could do the mitzvah if she wanted to also. She's not mechayiv to, but she's entitled to. But bottom line is, it's not a not a problem. She's allowed, she is allowed to take the lulav. Again, nowadays, it's not relevant anyway, because we don't, even for men, it's mukta, because we don't do the mitzvah. We don't do it on Shabbos. Mm-hmm. So now the Gemara is going to bring a bracha that talks mentions a whole bunch of things that a katan would do, should do, as soon as he's old enough to know how to do them. If he knows how to guard his phone, which Rashi says means specifically to not go into Besakise with them. 
I imagine it includes other requirements, so one has to be careful about themselves with tefillin, but Rashi mentions that specifically. Um, so then, the father has to buy him tefillin. Once he knows how to speak, the father teaches him Torah and Kriyashma. Torah, what part of Torah does he teach? That pasuk, we know we teach that pasuk to children as soon as you know when they're very little. That the Torah was commanded from Moshe. Moshe Yaakov belongs to it's a an inheritance given through to the congregation of Yaakov. The first couple of things, yeah, the Gemara didn't say it. Hmm. Lula uh, Tzitzis. It's also obviously only a finach thing. It says Chayiv Lula and Chayiv Tzitzis. Rashi says. Rashi says the Chalchem Devarim. Right, the midrabanon, the midrabanon. It's not Right, it's not a chayim Right, Yeah, why did I say? It? Yeah, no, no, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Rashi, right, yeah. The doesn't specify. The next two things says, you know, the father should buy him and the father should teach him. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so the Torah is Torah to learn most from Rashi Yaakov and Kriyashma. What part of does the father have to teach his son? Pasuk Rishon, the first Pasuk. Obviously, when he's very little, you can't teach him the whole uh, three parashas of Shema. That's very long. He's just learning to speak, right? He knows how to speak. He doesn't know how to say a full, you know, three paragraphs of Shema. So you teach him the Torah Tivul on Moshe Marashkilis Yaakov, and you teach him the first line of Kriya Shema, That's where we stopped last week. The Brayso continues with more things as if for, uh, when children are getting older. <coughs> Once a child knows how to be to guard himself, what does this mean, guard himself? Rashi tells us, and we'll see from the continuation, this is referring to Tuma and Tara, which again, in, in our world, we don't think of so much, but now we just saw the Shir last week, so it's more present, we understand more about, be careful about touching things, but you know, things become Tame very easily, so once this child is old enough to know how to show, to guard his body from touching things that are Tame, so if you tell him, or if he knows this, this, this item is Tame, or this Tuma over there, he knows not to bump into them with his body, so then we can assume, so then ochlan al-gufo tahiro, so then we can eat al-gufo, meaning we can eat tahar things that touched his body. We can assume that since he is old enough to know how to protect uh, protect or prevent his body from touching tuma, so therefore um, we can trust, um, right, I think that's right, did I say it wrong? Right, we don't have to worry if he touched tahiros, that, that, oh my gosh, the tahiros became tummy. No, he's old enough to know how to control his body. That if he, so we assume that he, can, he, we know that he's old enough to keep his body from becoming tummy. Well, from he'll tell us that he'll tell, right, right. We, we can trust him. Yeah. Um, so therefore, if he touches Tyros, we don't have to be worried. He touched Tyros. The Tyros is still okay because he's old enough to, you know, know what's going on. Um, Lishmaris Yadov. Let's say this is the next, uh, the next step. A little bit older. I don't know exactly what the so difference is. The first case is. was not Yadov. Right, the first one is his body, that's Only what I said, his body, his, body, his gufo. Lishmar has Yadav, now is a different level, he can guard his hands, meaning even, you know, people's hands are always touching things and whatever, he knows how to control where his hands are going to the extent that even his hands will not end up touching Tuma, or if they do, again, he'll be able to admit it and tell us. Then, Ochlin al Yadav Taros, we can eat al Yadav, even if his hands touched on the food of the Ratahar, and we, you know, we can trust him that his hands are Tahar, and we don't have to worry that the food became Tami. <coughs> 
So there's two stages. Again, the two stages. gufo. If he knows how to guard his body, then al gufo. We can eat tarof that his body touched, but not his hands, because his hand that's a higher level. And then lishmar yada. When he gets even older, then now he knows how to guard even his hands. So then al yada of We can even eat stuff that his hands touched. Tarof that his hands touched. Continuing, staying still with uh, Tumantara uh, stuff over here. If he knows how to, it's funny, really, if he knows how to answer a question. Meaning, if, we're, if we ask him, are you Tomei, or did you touch Tuma, and he knows how to respond appropriately, we can trust that he'll say yes, he'll say no, or he'll say I don't know, but he's not just going to give us a random answer. He knows what we're asking him, and he's going to give us an appropriate, correct, accurate answer. So then... He doesn't know. Right. right. If he says, I don't know, I don't know. But meaning, he knows. There's yes, right. no, and maybe. And, and he's going to give us the appropriate answer based on the truth, not just, you know, uh, whatever. Um, so then, and then, so again, so we, we already said we'll trust him if he says yes. We trust him if he says no. If he says I'm Tom, if he says I'm Tahar, we'll trust him. But let's say he doesn't know. He says that middle ground. He says, you know, I'm not sure if I touched it. So then we'll go to the regular um, the regular rules of Suffolk Tomantara. Which is that Bereshit Sayyachid Sekotame, that if it was in a Bereshit Sayyachid, so then we assume that the suffix we're going to consider it to be Tame. And Bereshit Sarabim Sekotar, if it's Bereshit Sarabim, we will um, assume that it's Tahar. Where does that come from? That comes from, and this actually makes it easy to, it's always confusing, when do we say, Suffolk uh, Tuma is Tahar, when is it Tame, Bereshit Sarabim, Bereshit Sayyachid, it's very confusing. Once you understand where it comes from, it becomes not confusing anymore. It comes from Sota. Sota, obviously, is when a woman goes into a Rishul Sayyachin, into a private area with a man she's not supposed to be with. And we assume that that's Tame until proven Tahar by the drinking the water. And that happens in a Rishul Sayyachin. So you see that in a Rishul Sayyachin, Suffolk is considered Tame. It is in a Rishul she goes into a Rishul to a public place with a man she's not supposed to be with. We don't do the whole Sota thing because Rishul Sayyachin there's no, there's no chashash. We understand it doesn't. We're not going to go through the whole process. So, yeah, she's presumed tar because it's her shusrabim. So that's where we understand the rules. So now we don't get confused anymore. Suffik tuma in a shusayyachid. So it's like sotor. She's in a shusayyachid and she's tummy. So suffik tuma in a shusayyachid is tummy. Suffik tuma in a shusrabim is tar because we're not going to assume the sotor didn't think a shusrabim is suffik tar. It's a wonderful limit, but it really what's the shachas? To, to a stick, a stick that's so sitting here, sitting, sitting in my, you know, living yeah. room, so or sitting when, outside. When, in the when we rock, can, when we get to Gemara Sota, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's the yeah. that is that's the, the drasha, that's the right. limud. Yeah, the, yeah, that that is definitely the limud. I mean, you understand it. She's secluded. Right. Obviously, right. she's coming. Right. She's not. If she's not, if she's not coming. Right. That right. context, I got it. But, you know, piece of tum on the ground. I hear, yeah, I don't know how it, you know, but that's the no, that's, yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. Um, so again, if he knows how to respond to a question, right, this kid knows, if we ask him, did you touch Tuma? And we can trust him to say, yes, I did, or no, I didn't, or I'm not, I'm honestly not sure if I did. So let's say he says, I'm not sure if I touched it. So what do we do? Go to these rules of Tuma. And these rules of Tuma are, we have to assume it's Tameh, we can assume it's Tahar. Continuing more things for this cotton as he's growing older. Let's say he's a coin. Once he knows how to be to spread his hands, in other words, to dochen, 
So then Chokim lo Truma Then we can give him a chelav. We can give him a portion of Truma in the Beis Agronov in the threshing floor. That's when they would give out the Truma to the Kohanim at the threshing floor. So we would only give it to someone who is a either an adult or at least someone that's a mature person that we can assume is an adult. Whereas this kid is kind of well. So this guy, this kid who's a lifus kapov, he knows how to duchin. So everyone knows, okay, this is a respectable kid. He may not be bar mitzvah yet, but he knows how to duchin. He goes up and duchins. So then we can give him, um, we can give him truma the bais agronos on the threshing floor, where, you know, where everybody gets truma. Whereas if he's younger than that, he can still eat truma, but we're not going to actually distribute it to him publicly like that for because people, it's it's a bizarre to truma. I think Rashi says, um, if you give it to him in public like that, he could eat it at home. You send it home with someone and then let him have it, but you're not going to let him be part of the chalukah, you know, where everyone gets it. Um, turning to Amud Beis, if I could turn the page. Once the child knows how to shecht an animal, as Rashi says, even if he doesn't know all of the halachas of shechita, but he knows sort of the mechanics of it. He knows how to take his hand and, you know, do exactly what you told him to do, even if he doesn't know all the, you know, all the specific halachas. So then, so you may eat from something that, his, that he shechts. Amar Avuna, Avuna throws in a very important uh, qualification here. This is only if there is a Godol standing over him, supervising. I mean, very nice to say, oh, he knows how to do it, and you know, he comes home and, you know, oh, look, I just shafted this. But if no one was watching him, that's not good. But if some, as long as someone was watching him to make sure that he really did it the, the correct way, so then you could eat um, from his shlita. Um once the ch- a child is able to eat a kezayis of grain, so then we have to separate ourselves from his toa, from his excrement, or from his urine for amos in order to learn Torah or, or say brachos. Um, but if he's, if he's not able to eat a kezayis dogon, then we don't have to be worried about saying brachos or, or, or kriyashima. Um, um, or, uh, it doesn't. Right, yeah, well, said so that because the assumption is it doesn't. I mean, we're going to see the drasha that that it doesn't smell um, unless he's eating it because I dug on. Yeah, Rashi says. Those those things will cause the, it to smell. But if he's not eating that, he's too immature to eat a kizayis dug on. So then. <laughs> it doesn't create the smell, therefore there's no problem with davening or uh, or saying Kriyashma closer, you know, in the close vicinity of it. Um Rav Chista qualifies this. When, so when we say he can eat a Kazayas Dagon, doesn't mean he can eat a Kazayas for the course of three days. It means he can eat a Kazayas in one sitting, for a few minutes, whatever that shear is, if three minutes, nine minutes, whatever it is. It doesn't mean over the course of, you know, eight hours. Um... For an adult, let's say this adult, for whatever reason, is not able to eat a kezayis dog on He's sick, or whatever it is, he's not able to eat a kezayis of grain in this short amount of time. Which a regular person could, but this person, let's say, can't. So even, so he would still, you, you so you, the Gemara is sort of Rav Rav Yeva is kind of um, jumping on that someone might say, well, let's say I have an adult who can't who cannot eat 
because I have to go to the press. So now, can I say Kriya Shema and Davin, you know, nearby the Tzohar from that person? So he says, no. So even if the person is not able to eat a Kazai Stogon, you still would have to separate the Chsub because the Pasuk says, where's this Pasuk? This Pasuk is in Kohelas. The Yosef Das Yosef Machov. That a person has more intelligence, he has more Machov, more um, negative stuff. Yeah, sickness. Yeah. So basically, even if he's not. Eating a kazayis dogon, <coughs> he's still creating enough of a foul substance that a person would cannot say um, kriyashma or, or daven in, in the vicinity. Yochalechol kazayis tzuli, when a child is able to eat a kazayis of roasted meat, so then shochton all of it pesach, so then you can shech the carbon pesach for this person, for this child. He can be counted. Among, I mean, he can be included in the in the count. Shanamar, as the Pasuk says, Ishlafi Achlo, a man according to his eating. That as long as the person can eat kazayas uh, of the meat, he can be counted in the in the Chabur. He has to be able to be Mevarer to um, clarify or discern the eating. What does Rabbi Yehuda mean by this? And he's saying this is the kind of person who could be included in the Karban Pesach. So what does he mean, Levarer Achila? He can clarify or discern about the eating. Ketzad, how do you. What does this mean? If you give him a pebble, and he throws it away, and goes to give him a nut, he takes it and eats it. I mean, he can identify what's food and what's not food. So once the child is old enough to identify what's food and what's not food, he can be counted in, um, in the carbon Pesach, in the Chabur of the carbon Pesach. If he's not able to identify, he takes a Lego and puts it in his mouth, so then that's, that kid is not going to, um, that he cannot be included in the carbon Pesach.